Welcome to Passion Life Church. Hey, uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming uh, this morning, and with the time change, it's so blessed and inspiring, actually, to be able to see you here at church, and I think you're going to be blessed because today we are finishing and concluding this series that we've entitled XO Love and Relationship. I think many of us don't even realize that so many relationships are happening in our lives, so many relationship dynamics, whether it's family, you know, mom, dad, or romantic friends, and we've tried to outline some some principles and truths that, that help people with those. And I believe that today is the same because, you know, life is really all about relationships. Life is about love. But can I just say that love is not all you need in relationships? You know what we need? We need some wisdom. Can I hear a good amen? And that's what I want to do today. I want to outline some wisdom. And I've entitled today, as we conclude this series, Relationship Recycle. You know, many people whether they realize it or not, can become stuck in some relationships because they're just in a continual cycle. They keep doing the same things, and whether that means with family, with mom, dad, with brother or sister, or somebody at work, or maybe kids, or maybe it is that romantic relationship, they keep doing the same types of things, and they experience the same results. When they think that, well, I want to experience different results, well, you're going to have to break the cycle. You know, when growing up, I started in love and relationships very, very early in life. I was about five years old, and I was in kindergarten when I had my first romantic relationship. Come on, somebody. I started young. And what was interesting is that I met her under the table. And we met under the table. There was a tablecloth there. And here, I, was, I was like a Mac Daddy back then. I'm telling some of you don't know what that is, but um, that's an 80s word for I, I, I was it. And I was a Mac Daddy at five years old. I was under the table, and there was a tablecloth totally covered. She came under the tablecloth. Now, watch this. I was such a Mac Daddy that I never sent her a note. I never sent her flowers. I never took her out on a date. We went straight for the kiss. Come on, in kindergarten. Straight for the kiss, people. Come on, I needed Jesus at five years old. I was crazy. There was something wrong with me, right? And I still remember her name. Her name was Delilah. No, I'm kidding. Her name wasn't Delilah. Her name wasn't Delilah. Her name was Tracy Lowe. See, even that, that name sounds scandalous. Come on, somebody. Tracy Lowe. And after we kissed, I don't know what happened, but we never talked again. And I don't know if we were just so embarrassed or grossed out, or I was just that good that it just kept her speechless. But I just remember growing up, and as, as I grew up, especially in high school, and it was more, I think, in my 20s, that what happened is I began to have a cycle going on in my life. And a lot of times these cycles are very subtle. We don't know what's going on. But I began to get into the cycle. And I'm going to tell you what the cycle was that I had to overcome, because we all have cycles that we have to overcome in relationships. And, and maybe, listen, when I tell you mine, don't look at me like you're more spiritual than I am, okay? Because you you may have never dealt with this cycle, but I have. It was the cycle of, if I don't get my own way, then that I attached to my self-worth. Let me say that again. 
If I didn't get my own way, what would happen was I felt depleted and I felt like I wasn't worth a lot because my, I attached my way to my worth. So what happened was is I took that into every single relationship. If we had a disagreement and I didn't win, uh-oh, my self-worth was depleted. I felt like nothing. And so everything from every relationship, what happened was every relationship ended up stale for me. It ended up like, and I felt like I was missing something in these relationships, right? And I kept repeating the same cycle, the same cycle. And guess what? The common denominator in every one of those relationships was me. It was me. But here's what we can do sometimes is we blame other people for our relationship recycle. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. It's a good question to ask, right? Are you in your relationships and in life, does it just seem that you are living the same scene over and over and over again? Have you ever seen that movie, uh, Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, and he wakes up, it's the same scene, same scenario, over and over and over again? Are you feel like that? Maybe you're living the same scene over and over again when it comes to your relationships? Or does it feel like maybe you're on a trend wheel of unfulfilling relationships, or maybe for some some people, there's no relationships at all. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what we call a cycle. There's a cycle. And I want to talk about relationship cycle. If you have your Bible, let's look at Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. And uh, the Bible talks about cycles. And I love this new translation of the Bible. If you haven't read it, it's called the Passion Translation. Passion Life Church, Passion Translation. Maybe they made it just for our church. I don't know. But it has a lot to do. They look into the Greek language, which is the language of the New Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And they kind of bring out the words. And you may have heard this scripture, but this is in the Passion Translation, and I think if we're, if, we're, if we're open to some truth, we'll see that there's some cycles that we can find here in Luke chapter 6, verse 37. It says, Jesus said, so who's talking? Jesus is talking, and Jesus said, forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others, and then you will not be criticized and judged in return. Everybody say, that's a cycle. Come on, let me hear you this morning. Say, that's a cycle. Look at this. Don't look at others and pronounce them guilty, and you will not experience guilt accusations yourself. Come on, say that with me. That's a cycle. Watch this. This is a cycle I actually like because you can get into some good cycles in relationships. This one I like. It says, forgive over and over, and you will be forgiven over and over. Say, that's a cycle. Isn't that a good cycle to be in? I want to be in a cycle of forgiveness. Look at verse 38. It says, give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you in such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Now watch this. It says, your measurement of generosity Turn to your neighbor just real quick and say, your measurement. 
So this means I have a part to play in this cycle. I have a part to play whether this cycle continues and what type of cycles that I will have in my life. It says your measurement of generosity, but it's not just, how many of you know you can be generous in anger to people? You can be a meanie, come on. You can be, and that, that's your generosity, people. That's your gift, right? It says your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a cycle. And what I really believe today for us here and those that are listening online to our, our podcast, which we have many people that do all around the world, it's pretty amazing. But what I believe today for us that are listening to this message, I believe that God wants to break some negative cycles in our lives so we can experience great relationship and experience the freedom of loving like God wants us to love. Come on, if you agree, say a good amen today. But I want us to realize something. Every cycle comes from somewhere. It could come from a hurt. It could come from something that somebody did to you. But I want you to listen to this and write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Every cycle that I'm in comes from a standard that I believe in. Every cycle that I'm in comes from something that I am believing about a person, believing about me. It actually becomes a pattern in my life. And patterns can be traced back to standards. You all have standards. Well, I don't know if I have standards, Pastor Phil. Well, you have the standards of you don't know. You, I have just low standards. I have high standards. We talk about that in relationships. But patterns can actually be traced back to standards. Now watch. Standards form what I believe. Listen, a standard, here's what a standard is. Webster's Dictionary says a standard is an idea or a model. It's an idea or a model. Now, I can have cycles in my life, things have happened to me, people hurt me, and you say, Pastor Phil, well, you can't control that, right? Absolutely, I cannot control what happens around me, but I can control what happens in me. Let me say that again. I can't control what happens to me, but I am responsible of what happens on the inside. Write this down if you're taking notes. The ways you let in become the ways you get set in. Let me say that again. The ways that you let in, yeah, you can't control everything that's happening to you, but you control whether it gets in and how much it gets in to your heart. The ways you let in become the ways that you are set in. Can I just tell you, there's this idea that, oh, man, people are over 50, people are over 60. They are set in their ways. Yeah, I know a lot of millennials and 20-year-olds that are set in their ways, too. I know a lot of eight-year-old and six-year-old kids that are set in their ways too, right? And how do we get set in our ways? Because we allow things to come in, and when we let them in, we become, it becomes the ways that we're set in, and those become standards that we believe. And for me, getting my own way was this cycle, the standard that I believed my worth was attached to getting my way. Some of you will get freed if you'll just listen to what I'm saying today. Your worth is not tied to getting your way. There's a ton of times in life you will not get your way. 
way, but it does not mean that you are worthless. God loves you. He cares about you, but we have to look at our standards. And where do these standards come from? A lot of us, right, they can come from our parents. That is the model that we've seen. That's probably the most influence that we have, but a lot of us get our standards from Hollywood, from fairy tales, and I just thought I'd go through a couple of them, and then we'll talk about breaking the cycles, right? But here's one. Here's one that came from a movie, and I think this movie really wrecked people, and they were like, oh my gosh, it sounds so good. This will be the standard of my love life, right? Have you ever seen Jerry Maguire? right? Have you seen that scene where he walks in, Tom Cruise walks in, and all the ladies are there, and they're just sipping on wine, and I thought, when I saw this scene, I thought, yeah, you know what, that's an older movie, because all those ladies would not be sitting on, sitting, sipping wine. All of them would be on their phones texting each other, but they weren't. There was no phones there, and he walks in, and Renee Zellweger is there, right, before she got her facelift, so we, we knew it was her, and so... I saw a picture of it the other day. I was like, who is that? I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. I get it. Renee Zellweger. Okay, wow. You look like Cameron Diaz. Okay, so, but before she had the facelift, and so he walks in and she pops out from underneath the couch. I don't know what she was doing back there. And then he walks in, there's all these ladies, and then he talks about how he had such a good day, but it wasn't complete without her. And then he looks her in the eye, she looks him in the eye, and it's awkward silence. And then he looks her in the eye, and she looks him in the eye, and you can't hear anything. And all of a sudden he says, it wasn't complete without you. And then the famous words, do you know them? If you know them say it. What did he say? <laughs> Guys, we are recording. That was an epic fail right there. You know the words, you just do not want to say it. Do you know the words? How many of you know the words? Let me see. What is it? See, I knew it. Now, just help me. Come on. Help me preach this. What does he say already? One, two, three. Okay, that sounded like hooked on phonics, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and say it myself. Rewind. He looks at her, she looks at him. He looks at her, she looks at him. Awkward silence. And then he says, and his eyes are a little filtery, almost like there's almost a tear that's going to come down, and he says these lines that will forever set the standard of human history, love language. He says this, you complete me. And then she says, and this is so weird, but she says, you had me at hello. Ah, you know how many hellos I've said to people? That's weird. You had me at hello. How desperate are you? Come on, come on let's, let's get out of fairy tale mode. The ma- come on, let's, let's get away from the magic dust. Come on, it's all gone. There's a little bit right there. Come on. You complete me. Oh, you had me at hello. And so here comes a standard that many of us, even whether we're single or we're married, here's the first one. Someone else completes me. And I'm not complete till I have someone else in my life. And I'm not complete till I have another person. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 says, you are complete in him. In God. God completes you first. Now watch this. There are still people who are married who are looking for their spouse to complete them. That's a lot of pressure. 
Watch this. So I'm going to put the responsibility on somebody else to complete me? Can you imagine? And that just depends how much I need, right? Because I may need a lot to be completed. And you don't know that walking into my relationship. But here's the reality, right? I'm going to put that responsibility on you to complete me. Can you imagine for a moment if I go into every relationship looking for you to complete me? Do you know how drained you would be? And it would be for you to be my friend because I'm looking to you to complete me? That's cray-cray, people. This is crazy. The truth is nobody completes you. Can I tell you why? Because nobody was created to complete you. There are people that are created to help you. That's why the Bible says that God looked at Adam when he created him. He said, it's not good that man be alone. I am going to make a help meet for him, a helper. Like the Holy Spirit comes and helps, right? But when you realize you are complete in him, I'm not looking to drain you. I'm not looking to take from you. I'm looking to give to you because I am complete. And can I just help you today? If you come and you are looking for somebody else to complete you, you are setting yourself up for epic failure. Because you know what? It's ultimately nobody's responsibility to complete you. It is your responsibility to go into the presence of God and allow God to complete the voids that only he can complete in you. Come on, let's give him a good round of applause. Dr. Les Parrott says this. Listen, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're in your 20s, take a picture of the screen. Listen. If you try to build intimacy with another person before you have gotten whole on your own, all your relationships will become an attempt to complete yourself. Let me say that again. That's where it's showing up this morning. Come on. If you try to build intimacy with another person before you have gotten whole on your own, all your relationships become an attempt to complete yourself. Now, can I just say, isn't that selfish? I'm looking to you to complete me. But we don't necessarily say it that way. A lot of us say it this way. I am looking for Mr. Right. Or we will say it this way, I am looking for Mrs. Right. Here's the thought. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to date whoever I want to date, do what I want to do. I may even get in debt. Oh, but here's the thing. When Mr. Right comes into my life, he will make everything all right. You complete me. And here's what happens. Even in some marriages, we're still waiting for Mr. Right, right? And so we're draining our spouse. See, in our singleness, Paul talks about being single. And I know for some of us, single is a dirty word. Like, man, I don't want to be single. That's, that's crazy. Paul actually talks about even in your singleness, using your singleness to become Mr. Right. In your singleness to become Mrs. Right. So you have two whole people coming together as one, not two people coming to each other, trying to make each other right. Can I hear a good amen today? And here's what happens. When you become whole, you begin to love from a whole nother perspective. I like to say it this way. You begin to love from fulfillment instead of for fulfillment. 
Is love fulfilling? Absolutely. But watch this. If I get into the relationship looking for you to fulfill me, right, then I'm just a taker. So what I have to do is I have to realize how much I'm loved by God, right? We talked about in part one, you can never love anybody else until you realize you, God loves you and you love yourself. The Bible says that we are to love the Lord God, right, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and love our neighbor as ourself. If I don't love me, right, then how can I love you? Remember I said in part one, if someone ever says, hey, baby, you know, and they want to hang with you and they say, I love you, the proper response is not, oh, I love you too. The proper response is, do you love you? Because if they do not love them, they cannot love you. Let me say that again. If they do not love themselves, they can never love you. Because I can only love my neighbor to the point that I love myself. And when I realize God loves me, then what happens, that love internalizes I can love myself. Not in a prideful way, but in a giving way. And so we can love from a place of fulfillment instead of for fulfillment. But what happens is my need. How many of you know we can have needs, but you don't have to be needy? Right? We don't have to be needy. So what happens is my need for love undermines my ability to love. So I got to be loved by God. Here's another standard. Now, let me just say this. A lot of these things that I'm talking about say, a lot of us wouldn't verbalize and say, oh yeah, that's what I believe. You know how it plays out? It plays out in our actions. I can tell what you believe by the way you act. I, I've come to the point now, even as a pastor, I don't really listen to people talk. People say all these things. I'm going to watch how you live. I'm going to watch your actions because your actions show me what you believe. So your actions will show me the standards that you have in your life. And I want to bring some of these to the surface and bring them to light because here's what happens. A lot of times we'll get in a relationship and and we don't understand why it's not moving forward. We don't understand why we feel so drained. And it's because we believe in a standard that we are acting out. And it's causing us to go through this cycle in life. So here's another one. And I just, I, I, I thought of a couple. Here's another one that people, it's a standard. Oh, Pastor Phil, my culture is king. My culture is king. Right? I'm going to use myself as an example. Because if I use myself as an example, I won't get offended. I am Polish, Italian, and Puerto Rican, okay? That's why I call me Tres Leches, right? I am Puerto Rican, Italian. There may be something else in there, okay? Now, here's what people say. You don't understand. And this, is, this comes from my family. I've sat with a lot of my family is Italian, and they talk. And they will say, because we are Italian, we are just loud. We are just loud people. And we always like to use our hand. And it's because we are Italian. And so when we talk and we argue, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not that I'm just raising my voice. It's because I'm Italian. That's, that's how we are. And if you don't like that, the problem is with you. Now, that's just my Italian side. I'm not even going to go into my Puerto Rican side. Come on, somebody. Because that's a whole nother level of heat. <laughs> and, and we do. We, we say these things. We, and, and, and then we wonder why some of our relationships are all turning out the same. Can I just tell you, our culture, and I know it means a lot to you. My culture means a lot to me. But here's the thing. It can become an excuse of why our relationships are not healthy, right? And to be honest with you, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are now part of a kingdom culture, right, that's more important 
than my Italian culture, than my Polak culture, than my, right, than my Puerto Rican culture. Paul said it like this. Look, look what he said in, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. He says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. This is talking about our life in Christ. He says, neither slave nor free, nor is there neither male or female, because we are one in Jesus Christ. So if my standard is just my culture, and listen, that can even come from our family. Well, you don't know, we just, the Valdezes, this is the way we are, this is how we do it. You know what? I'm living for a higher name than the Valdezes. I'm living for a name by the name of Jesus Christ. He is my standard, not the Valdez, not the Italian, not the Polish. And listen, I'm not trying to be mean to everybody, anybody, but I'm just saying, I hear this a lot in different, well, that's just the way I am. Well, you need to change because you're in a relationship recycle, and that cycle needs to break if you're going to have better relationships. And here's the great news. Relation, cycles can change, but here's the thing. My standards have to change if my cycles are going to change. Let me say that again. My standards and what I believe, the model that I believe has to change before my cycles change. Here's another one that I think is a standard that people live by. Well, you just don't understand, Pastor Phil. I was treated wrongly. I was treated wrongly. I understand, and I don't want to minimize anything that you've gone through, any of the hurt that you've gone to, through. And let me say again, we can't control what happens to us, but we can control what happens in us. But watch this. Anybody met any mean people? Yeah, don't look at your spouse next to you. Look, look, keep, keep looking straight ahead. Come on, anybody met any mean people? I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. They're always mean, always seem bitter, right? I, I, they're, they're all over, really, all over. But here's the standard. Now, they probably wouldn't tell you this, but this can happen to us. This can happen to me, and here's what they believe. I believe because I was treated wrongly, I can treat others the same way that I was treated. Everybody say that's a cycle. Do you know why somebody was mean to you? Somebody was mean to you because somebody was mean to them, and they never got over it. They harbored it. They're in a cycle. So every time you are interacting with that person, you get involved in their cycle. And here's the thing. We excuse it because, well, you don't know. You don't. I don't know. And listen, you don't know me either. But that's not an excuse. And what happens is our relationships go unfulfilled. We never have deep, meaningful relationships because now, watch, everybody look at me. Because everybody's paying for what one or two people did to you. And you got to take that into every other relationship. I don't want that. I don't want to be a part of that. And you are in a cycle. And if you, and it's funny, until I like two or three people come to you and say, hey, you know, you keep doing this, you keep doing this. What they're saying is that you got a standard that you're believing in and you are in a cycle and it's affecting so many people. Isn't that interesting how that can happen? I can begin to treat all of these other people the way one person treated me? One person who's wrong? God just encourage you, not everybody's mean. There's some good people out there. And here's what happens when you're in a relationship recycle. You miss out on some of the greatest relationships because you could be treating them the way somebody else treated you. Is this good this morning? And we have to be careful. We have to be careful, right? Here's another one, right? And let me say it again. The ways you let in become the ways you are set in. Here's another one. Well, my feelings determine my function. This one, to me, I can't hang with these people. I love them, but it's, they're really hard to hang with, and I'm going to tell you why. 
because their standard is always what they feel and their feelings are always changing. There's no consistency with these people. Now, I'll tell you what, I'll meet with you a couple times, but on the third time, right, you don't show up because all this and all that and I forgot and I fell. That's it. Three strikes, you're out. Still love you. But listen, I'm not going to continue to invest in this relationship when your standard is your feelings. I woke up today and I felt skinny. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Your feelings will lie to you. They lie, right? And so what happens is you don't keep your commitment. They won't say this, but here's what they believe. Oh, whatever I feel, I I must be what I feel. No, you're not. You're not what you feel. You know, my son the other day woke up and he wanted, he felt like a dinosaur. He's not a dinosaur. And I'm concerned about us today. A kid goes, uh, uh, you know, I feel like this. And the parent's like, oh my gosh, you know. If, you, if he wakes up and says he's a dinosaur, I'm not taking him to the vet. He's still a young little boy. Feelings change. Can I hear a good amen? Feelings change. And so, listen. When we make commitments, it should help us to think about when we make these commitments because, see, commitment means staying loyal to what you said we're going to do long after the mood you said it in left you. Let me say it again. See, commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you said it in left you. You know why I do some things? Not because sometimes I want to, because I said I was going to do it. And at the time, I was gung-ho, yeah, let's go! And then it's like, ah. You ever see that shirt? It says, I'm late because I really didn't want to come. But you know what? There was a time when my feelings were like, man, I'm feeling this. Yeah. Oh, really? I committed to be there at 8? Oh, that's way too early. And so what happens is the standard is you actually believe that your feelings, you are what you feel. And I want to tell you, there's many more cycles that we could be in, but the good news is today we can break cycles. God, by the power of God, can break cycles, and cycles can be broken. Can I hear a good amen today? Cycles can be broken. And here's here's what I want us to understand. In order for the cycle to change, I have to change my standards. Let me say it this way. I have to change what I believe. Cycles will change when you change your standards. I have to have a new way of thinking. And many of the cycles that we are believing in, can I just be honest with you, the negative ones, a lot of times it's because we're believing a lie. There's a little lie that's attached to it. But if we can look into God's word and say, hey, Lord, show us some new standards. You are the one that designed relationships. So I'm going to let you define my relationships. What are some standards that we could apply? And I just came up with three. There's a lot more. But I think these are the three top that I think that if we could apply and we could start believing different, because you can change the way you think. Can I hear a good amen? I don't care how old you are. You can teach an old dog new tricks if the dog wants to, new, uh, the dog wants to learn new tricks. Right? And I just believe that there's some people that you've been in some cycles and you actually think it's other people. But God brought you here today on Daylight Savings Time to help you go, look, I need to look at me. Because here's the truth we cannot change other people. The only thing we can do is look in us and say, is there a pattern in me 
that is causing me to live the same, live the same scene over and over again. And you could be here, and maybe you're not even married, but it's, you're experiencing the same thing with your parents. It's this, you're experiencing the same thing with your manager. You're why is that? It's like when I was a youth pastor, right, I dealt with a lot of kids who had a problem with authority. Right? And maybe it was one or two authorities in their life that were not right. And sometimes authorities are not right. They do wrong things. But guess what? Anybody that's an authority in their life now has to take the grunt of what one person does. And so now I'm the youth pastor. They come in and I never used my title. I never told people that. Usually they just knew by my influence that, you know, I was the youth pastor. But I'll tell you what, as soon as they heard that I was the youth pastor, man, their chest would, you know, ball up like this and they would be, and I don't even know who they are. I've never met them. But guess what? I am now the recipient of what someone else did to them. And that's a relationship recycle. And you know what? There are some great people who are authorities in our life. Not every authority in our life is bad. But you know what? You can turn them into something by not breaking the cycle. Let me give you some new standards that help break the cycle. Are you ready? Here's number one. I call these standards that break the cycle of same. Number one is forgiveness. Forgiveness always breaks the cycle of same. Now watch this. We forgive because it honors God, but it lets whatever those people did to us, it lets it go. Colossians chapter three, verse 13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive. And then watch, here's the standard. Are you ready? Forgive what? If someone else forgives you? See, it's that, that for some people is the standard. Well, they, they didn't forgive me. That's not the standard. That's why you're in the same cycle. The standard is I forgive because God has greatly forgiven me. And you know what it took for God to forgive me? For him to send his only begotten son to die a brutal death of huma for humanity, for sins. Jesus was perfect. He did not sin once, but the Bible says he didn't just take on the sin. He became the sin that would ever be committed to the point that God would look at him and have to reject him. And Jesus would look up and say, Father, my Father, why have you rejected me? Because he was full of you and I's sin. That's whose sin it was. It was not his. But I'm going to tell you why Jesus was rejected by God. Jesus was rejected by God so you and I could be accepted by God. And so on the cross, he says, after everything that they did to him, this is what he says. He says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Ladies and gentlemen, if I got into your server at home, into all of your computers, and put all of your sins up on this screen for everybody to see, Jesus would wipe that away. And then somebody does one thing or two things to hurt us, and we won't forgive. That's because our standards are wrong. We are not forgiving because you forgave me. We are forgiving because we are greatly forgiven by God. Come on, can you give him a good round of applause today? And I know, I know there's a lot of misconceptions about forgiveness. Can I just tell you this? Forgiveness doesn't mean that it never happened. Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But if you ask Jesus about the cross, he doesn't say, oh, the cross never happened. No, there's scars in his hands, right? Forgiveness doesn't say it doesn't happen. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you're condoning what they did or you're saying, okay, you know, do it again. 
I was reading an article, because I like to read psychology a lot, and one article was just saying, you know, just don't be so quick to forgive, because that means it's going to be easy for people to manipulate you. And I thought, you know what, that's totally opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says that I'm supposed to be quick to forgive. You know why? Because I have to let it go. I'm not saying that you can do that to me, and I'll, oh, I'll forgive you. I forgive for me, so I can have peace, so I can have freedom. And here's what forgiveness does. I'm just giving you in this situation to God. And I'm saying, God, deal with it. But let me tell you how powerful forgiveness is. Forgiveness breaks the connection between you and that person. See, what we don't understand is if we don't forgive, then we get into unforgiveness, gets into bitterness. Watch this. It, this is so crazy. This is, you know what the, word, what the word wicked means? The word wicked actually means twisted. This is how twisted this thing is, right? You hurt me. I hate you. I don't like you. I will not forgive you. So I'm bitter. So bitterness will always keep you tied to that person who you hate, who you don't like, who you don't want to be with. But bitterness keeps you connected to that hurt and what they did. Unforgiveness breaks the chain, breaks the cycle and says, you will not hurt me anymore. And you know what? The Bible says, a root of bitterness. Don't let a root of bitterness happen because roots will start to, if you ever had a tree, it may be in your backyard or front yard, those roots will start to come out. And here's what happens with bitter people. What they don't realize is that not only does that bitterness start to affect them, it starts to affect their kids. It starts to affect their family relationships, their work relationships. And listen, I want you to hear me today. Bitterness will eventually cause you to act like the person who hurt you. Let me say that again. Bitterness will eventually cause you to act like the person who hurt you. This is why hurt people hurt people who hurt people who hurt people. Because it is a relationship recycle and a cycle that they are in that has never been dealt with. And I want to tell you, this may give you a new compassion for people who have hurt you. The reason why they hurt you is because they have not dealt with their own hurt. It's quiet in this library. And God gives us, God gives us the decision. I was writing, I was doing this and I just felt like God show this to me. I do not want to be like the person who hurt me. I want to become like the person who was hurt for me. And his name is Jesus. And no matter what anyone has done for you, it doesn't done to you. It does not compare what they did to our savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was despised and rejected, hurt. He took on that hurt so we could be healed. And so forgiving other people stops you from carrying that hurt, listen, into other relationships, into other relationships. I mean, I wasn't a genius in my 20s, but one thing I knew when, when I was single, if I ever started talking to a girl, man, I thought she was fine, and we started talking, and she started talking about her ex, I'd literally start counting how many times she talked about her ex, and I was out, man. I'm like, I am out. Because you know what, you know what you're doing? Is you're bringing all that hurt and that pain into this relationship. And you know what? Homie, don't play that. You go get yourself healed and come back and maybe... We'll have a relationship. Bye, Felicia.
Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Right? And if you don't take care of this hurt, some of you just got that. If you don't take care of this hurt, listen, here's what happens. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And don't be surprised if he destroys your whole family through a hurt that's happened in your life because it'll bleed over into your spouse and then that'll cause a divorce and then it'll bleed over into your kids and then one day you're just gonna be sitting alone by yourself all bitter and hurt. And can I tell you, that was never God's will. It's because you got locked into a relationship, recycle, you had a standard that you believe that it was better to hold on to hurt than to be healed. And Jesus was broken and his back was scourged. The Bible says that by his stripes, we are healed. You can be healed from the inside out. And let me tell you what happens when we are forgiven. It leads to the next standard. It brings freedom in our lives. Freedom in our lives. Freedom always breaks the cycle of same. Can I tell you what freedom is? Freedom is knowing who you are in Christ, knowing that you have a profound significance in God's eyes. It's knowing how much God loves you and values you, right? Now watch, you can forgive because you have been forgiven. And Jesus said this, Jesus said something interesting. He said, those that are forgiven much, love much. So I can love because I am complete in him. So again, now I'm loving from fulfillment, not just for fulfillment. I have the ability to love you. I am free to love you. Watch this because this is a whole nother level. I am free to love you whether you love me or not. You know why? Because I'm free. Your love is not holding me down or whether you walk away and go, I don't want to be a part of this. Later, alligator. Listen, I am still love. I am free because God loves me. I understand my worth, but I'm also free to forgive. Why? Because I am free. I am free, right? So watch this. I love this. I am free, so I don't have to treat you like you treat me. I don't got to anymore. Before I did, because I was a slave to my anger, revenge, ah, right? I tattooed some stuff on my back because I was upset. The next morning, I looked in the mirror, and I was like, I've forgiven them, but I still got this tattoo. I don't have to, because you know what? You don't control me anymore because I'm free and the change and the the cycle has been broken. Listen, because I'm free, watch this, I'm fulfilled. I'm fulfilled. So I don't have to treat you like you treat me. And so I don't have to be in the cycle that you're in. Freedom breaks the cycle of same. And let me end with this one and then we're gonna take some communion today. Are you glad you came to church today? Listen. I'm letting you out early because it says it's almost 11.25, but it's really 10.25, 10, 10, so you're getting out an hour early. Here's the last one. Freedom is a new standard. Let's learn how to forgive quickly. Let's let it go because it brings a freedom. And let me just say this. If you're, if you're going to get married and you are single, if you are single right now and you have a problem with forgiveness, don't get married because you're going to have to forgive like every hour. <laughs> Come on, where are the married people? We are the married people. So here's what you can do in your singleness. Can I just say this real quick? I need to say because it it's the end. You have, if you're single, right, 
you're in your 20s or whatever, and you have a problem with your parents that you can't forgive them, listen, this is an indicator. You are in a relationship or cycle. If you get into a relationship and get married, that's going to trickle over into your spouse. You got to take care of it now. See, if you're a male and you, 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 lo- you love this girl, watch how she treats her family. Watch how she treats her dad because that's how she's going to treat you. And if she's all mad at her dad, hey, he's the one that gave her life for goodness sakes. And here you are, I want to go out with you. And I'll tell you what, how she treats him is going to be an indicator how she treats you. And so when she talks about, yeah, my families have had struggles, but you know what? I forgive them. That's a girl you want to date. That's a person that you don't want to bring on the baggage, right? And then we'll figure it out later. And so I just want to encourage you. And you know, let me just say this before I get to this last point. I just feel like the Holy Spirit said something to me. There are some of you that right now when I said that, you need to know this. That's why you're fighting with your spouse because the problem isn't even with your spouse. The problem is you have unsolved, unresolved issue with your parents that is bleeding over into your spouse. And I will tell you, let's break that cycle today. Let's make it right. Let's forgive them. Come on, that was, that's worth money. That's worth gold today. Whoever you are, let, let's, do, let's get it right, right? And here's the last one. Not only forgiveness, but freedom, but a new standard. Uh, this is, I love this standard. It's a standard of faith. Faith breaks the cycle of same because this scripture can actually start to happen. Luke 6, 31 you start to do unto others how you want them to do to you. You do to others how you don't want. See, that takes faith for me to start treating you like I want to be treated, right? And so what happens is, right, this takes a person being forgiven or free. Now, here's what I love about this last stage, and then we're going to pray. This last stage here, this new standard of faith, what happens is now, not only am I breaking negative cycles, watch this, this is what I love, you're actually helping other people break negative cycles because you're treating them, you're sowing seeds in their lives of, listen, I want to be treated merciful, so here I'm going to give you mercy. I know you don't deserve it, but hey, listen, listen, I want to be forgiven, so I'm going to forgive you. Do you know what your forgiveness could do to a person? right? It could set them free from them being in a cycle. And so now what you do is you start to go to a whole nother level because you are actually helping other people breaking out of their cycles by in faith, sowing seeds into their life. And here's what's cool about this. You want to talk about a relationship or cycle that's really good? Here's what's cool. When I start treating you the way I want to be treated, not only does that help you break cycles, but you know what? When you start receiving mercy, guess what you're going to give back to me? mercy. When I start forgiving you, right, guess what you're going to do to me? You're going to start forgiving me. That's a good cycle to be in. That is a good relationship recycle to be in, is to be in one of faith, be one of freedom, and one of faith. Come on, let's give the Lord a good round of applause this morning. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.